Hello, this is Anna from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 3rd of February. India recorded 1,72,433 new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, taking the infection tally to over 4.18 crore. The number of cases is 6.84% higher than yesterday's tally. With 1,008 deaths, the toll climbed to 4,98,983. Data from the Union Health Ministry showed that the toll includes 335 backlog deaths that Kerala added to its tally of fatalities yesterday. Kerala reported the highest number of daily fatalities at 165, followed by Karnataka at 81 and Maharashtra with 79. Kerala also recorded the highest daily infection count among all states at 52,199, followed by Karnataka at 20,505 and Maharashtra at 18,067. Citing sources, Indian Express reported that with decreasing COVID-19 cases, the Delhi Disaster Management Authority has decided to meet on Friday to discuss the reopening of schools and gyms. Meanwhile, with COVID cases on the decline, Various market associations have asked the government to consider withdrawing the night curfew. The Delhi Disaster Management Authority has decided to lift the weekend curfew and do away with the odd-even restrictions for opening of shops. Globally, the coronavirus has infected over 384.5 million people and caused 5.69 million deaths, according to Johns Hopkins University. France said that it will start administering Pfizer's coronavirus antiviral drug this week, the first pill for treating COVID-19 approved in the 27-nation EU. The country is still reporting among the world's highest per capita daily infections, but virus-related critical care hospitalizations are easing. According to the Associated Press, the French government on Wednesday started lifting restrictions related to the surge in Omicron cases. New Zealand's government on Thursday said it will end its quarantine requirements for incoming travellers and reopen its borders, a change welcomed by thousands of citizens abroad who have endured long waits to return home. Since the start of the pandemic, New Zealand has enacted some of the world's strictest border controls. Most incoming travellers need to spend 10 days in a quarantine hotel room run by the military, a requirement that has created a bottleneck at the border. Indian indices closed a session in the red today, halting a three-day winning streak. According to LifeMint, market sentiment was hit by weak global queues, with the Sensex and Nifty 50 both down more than 1.2%. The Sensex fell 770 points to close below 59,000 as selling pressure increased towards the end of the day on profit booking in IT and banking shares. 25 of the Sensex members ended the day lower while five ended the day higher. HDFC was the Sensex's worst performer, losing more than 3%, followed by Infosys, LNT, Kotak Bank, Bajaj Finserv and Tech Mahindra. ITC, Maruti, Titan, SBI and Asian Pains on the other side benefited. According to Hindustan Times, in other Asian markets, Tokyo ended the day with a loss, while Sheol ended the day with a gain. According to a monthly poll released today, India's services sector activity moderated further in January as new business increased at a substantially slower rate amid the pandemic's escalation, the reinstatement of restrictions and inflationary pressures. 
While campaigning for the assembly elections today, Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath claimed that his government has been able to lift Uttar Pradesh's economy to second place in the country, something that past opposition governments had failed to do. Indian Express quoted him as saying and I quote, Uttar Pradesh's economy from 1947 to 2017 was at the 6th or 7th spot in the country as no work was done in the 70 years. Since the BJP took over, we have successfully taken the state to the second spot merely in 5 years." Unquote. He added that Uttar Pradesh is the first state to deploy women police personnel at all gram panchayats. He said it's also the first state that saw no riots, terror activities in the last 5 years and the only one to use new technology to promote e-prosecution. Additionally, former Enforcement Directorate Joint Director Raj Rajeshwar Singh, who was announced as the BJP's candidate from Lucknow yesterday, said that the BJP will easily win the upcoming assembly polls as the Samajwadi Party is nowhere in the fight. Meanwhile, the Samajwadi Party wrote to the Indian Election Commission requesting that Adityanath employ language consistent with the Model Code of Conduct. This comes after the chief minister stated that after the March 10 results a bulldozer will run on the unsocial elements of society. In other news, Arvind Kejriwal, the Aam Aadmi Party's head, reacted angrily to claims that his party was an outsider in Goa, saying that the BJP not the AAP was running the state. At a hotel in Donna Paula Panaji he said and I quote In the last 4 months how many trips has Goa chief minister Pramod Sawant made to Delhi at least 2025 how many trips has AAP CM candidate Amit Palekar made how many times has AAP state convener Rahul Mambri come to Delhi maybe once or twice when Kejriwal needs something he comes to Goa decisions are taken in Goa not in Delhi unquote Listeners, as the election season heats up, voters in Uttar Pradesh, Goa, Manipur, Punjab and Uttarakhand will cast ballots to elect new legislatures. And News Laundry has already started covering the assembly elections with the goal of delving into the underbelly of the electoral process. For instance, from Goa, Atul Meghnath and Manisha have produced multiple episodes for their election show titled The Morning Show. They discuss what's on the minds of average voters in the most recent episode. Government jobs, better roads, and packages to help the tourism industry recover from the COVID collapse are among the top demands this election season. Goans also desire a stable administration and are dissatisfied with their netas jumping parties to grab power. You can check out all the episodes and the entire election coverage under the section Assembly Election 2022 on our website newslaundry.com. Because comprehensive election coverage necessitates a significant amount of time, resources and money, it is included in our NL Sena project. And for our funding, we depend on you for our support. So, if you want us to keep bringing you detailed reports, videos and critiques on the assembly elections, we urge you to subscribe us and contribute to our NL Sena series. You can do so by heading to newslaundry.com/sena. The Punjab and Haryana court today put a hold on Haryana's 75% quota in private jobs for locals. NDTV reported that the court also sought a reply from the state government. The matter was taken up by the bench of Justice Ajay Tiwari and Justice Pankaj Jain. 
the pleas against the law were filed by industry bodies including the Gurgaon Industrial Association. Dushyant Chautala, Haryana's Deputy Chief Minister, stated that the government will continue to battle for job opportunities for the state's youth. In November last year, the Haryana State Employment of Local Candidates Act 2020 was passed. It took effect on 15th of January this year and will be applicable for 10 years. The statute covered jobs with a maximum gross monthly pay or remuneration of 30,000 rupees. According to the Hindustan Times, the industry group stated that the law violated the constitution's provisions as well as the fundamental principle of meritocracy, which was the foundation for firms to thrive and remain competitive. According to the petitions, it will have an impact on industry productivity, competitiveness and post-COVID-19 recovery. The government, on the other hand, said that the statute just makes geographical classification which is legal under the constitution. It said, and I quote, It is to protect the right to life or livelihood of people domiciled in the state and to protect their health, living conditions and their right to employment, unquote. At least 12 people, including 7 children and 3 women, were killed in the overnight US special operations on Thursday near the Turkey border in the province of Idlib, Al Jazeera reported. The attack took place in a heavily populated area where tens of thousands of Syrian refugees reside in makeshift camps or overcrowded dwellings. According to the Associated Press, several residents also reported civilian deaths and said they observed body parts spread around a house in the village of Atme. In a statement, the Pentagon said that the mission was successful but provided no details on who was the target of the raid or if there were any casualties. According to Reuters, the raid was believed to have targeted a suspected Al-Qaeda-affiliated fighter, although there were no more details on the person's identification or quick reports of any fighters being killed. During the operation, residents reported hearing heavy gunshots, indicating resistance to the raid. Charles Lister, senior fellow with the Washington-based Middle East Institute, told Reuters he had spoken to residents who said that the operation lasted more than two hours. He said that this looks like the largest operation of its kind since the al-Baghdadi attack in the northwest Syria in 2019, when US Special Forces killed ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.